he not said it, and shall he not do it? Has he not made a promise, and shall he not keep it? You know, I, I just love what God does. I can't figure out all that he does. I just know that when Brother Ho spoke to me, I know what God spoke to me, and that made my job easy. The big thing is, is what a, how does God want you to transition and do things like that? So I want to talk about your faith and God's promises just for a little bit. Your faith and God's promises. The, the situation here is that God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he said yesterday, he meant to say yesterday. And so that has not changed. He's not like some of us that we make up our mind one day we're going to do this and the next day we're going to do that. But God said, I change not. I'm a God that changed not. That's why you're not consumed. And so if you've been around church any at all, or church people, chances are you've heard a lot about faith, about concerning things of faith and scriptures about faith. One of my favorite, and a lot of them, of course, there's so many things. You know, my favorite one is the one I'm preaching on at the time, I guess. But in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like to say it this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and yet the evidence of things not seen yet. It's going to happen. It is going to take place. Your, your miracle will take place, but you've got to keep pursuing after God. You, you have to keep going and, 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 and seeking God and the things of God. Look, the breakthrough is coming. It is on the way. You see... Faith is the assurance or the guarantee of possessing what God has promised as we seek Him. It's a guarantee that we have. It's written in blood. Amen. The blood has not lost its power, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a witness from somebody? Amen. Hallelujah. It's what I call your faith and God's promises. Amen. In other words, the, the basic thing is this, is that you will possess God's promises as we keep walking by faith. Another one is this, is that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That's one of my favorite, I guess it is. And this is knowing that the Word of God spoken at creation, basically, is the same written Word of God that we possess right now. It is still the creative Word of God. It is still the healer God. And what He said, and He meant to say, and what I'm saying is that He makes you above and not beneath. He makes you the head and not the tail. And God, and listen, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And sometimes we got to shake our own selves and remind ourselves of that. Amen. Myself included. Amen. Amen. It's where God says we have to understand that creation, God said, and it was. In other words, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. Let us make man in our image, and it was so. In other words, if you will, then God will. If you, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open the door, I'm coming in, and I'm going to fellowship with you, and we're going to have a great time, and I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. It's still the same God, amen. Hallelujah. So we see that when we understand that we are seeking after God, and, you know, without faith, in other words, we have to take a step of faith, in other words, faith is just all it is. It's not a leap in the dark. It's based upon the promises of God. And if God says, give, it shall be given unto you. That means that it will be given unto you. Good measure shaken and, and running over shall men give unto you, to you. Because that's the way God does it. I mean, understand, this is not just sitting around hoping something might happen. Amen. It's a taking a step like you came up this morning. 
understand that. It's the same way with a servant that said, listen, I believe God's doing this. And how many understand that faith is an action word? He, God, rewards those that diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. But understand again is that we live by believing God's promises, not by what we see. You don't have to see it. It's your faith and God's promises that really is the issue today concerning this mission service. It really is your faith and God's promise. And I said years ago, we talked about faith promise when we was here in this church. In fact, we talked about faith promise, but it never really clicked on it until I really understood that it's going to take my faith, but it's going to be God's promise. I'm going to do something that God is asking me to do that I've never done before. And I'm going to do that in such a way that God's going to honor that. In fact, God's going to stretch me. Anybody ever been stretched before? I'm saying God's going to ask you to do something that you've never done before. I'm, uh, listen, I want to tell you something. You've never lived until God's taken you to that place. Amen. It's your faith and God's promises that are the two components needed for the Lord to work in your behalf before you see the miracle take place. If you never exercise faith, you never get saved. Remember, we walk by faith. God's promises are sure and steadfast. So, amen, it's your faith and a relationship to God's promises. Amen. You don't have to see something before you believe it. Thomas said, look, unless I can see the print of the nails in his hand, he said, well, Thomas, he said, that's great that you believe that, but great is the one that's never seen me, but yet they still believe. And so what happens is God takes us, and listen, I've been a lot of places. If, if, in other words, if he said for us to go to the whole world and preach the gospel, that means that he gives us the vehicle and the tools to do that. And he uses ordinary people just like me and you. If it was somebody else, they would be here, but they're not. Amen. Look at your neighbor said, he's talking about me now. So you don't have to see something to believe it. It doesn't have to be tangible in your hand or in your bank account to know that God is going to provide for you because if he puts something in your heart to do, then by faith he is going to do that. If you'll take a step of faith, you'll see God do it because he will provide that what is necessary and he will reward those that diligently seek him. Amen. So we have the guarantee of possessing what God promised because he is a God that does not lie. It's not man that he should lie, amen. And we have the written word of God right now, knowing that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And we know according to Hebrews 11 6, we just read a while ago, that he will reward those that diligently seek him. Now, I don't want to say that I've arrived in these areas when it comes to that, but I do believe that God has taught me something over the last 30 something, 30, almost 38 years. We were saved in this church. We grew up in this church. I was called to the ministry in this church. We were the first family baptized in this baptism. And the, and the heater didn't work, and we liked the pearls to death. But I can tell you what, it was cold. I remember God called me to go past the first church, and I was right over here by that beam. I never will forget about it. I just, there's times in your life that you will never forget. In fact, people came this morning to this altar. This is going to be a, a, a spot that you will mark in your life simply saying that God touched me or God dealt with my heart and life right here in this situation, and I'm never going to be the same. God brings you to those places. Amen. I feel sorry for those that had to put up with, with me when I first started preaching. And, and, and 
stops through that. The kids started coming. Kids started getting saved. Parents were dropping off. Parents were getting saved. The church began to grow. They went from one lady bringing the money to the to the bank on Monday morning to having two armored cars picking up the offering, bringing it to the bank. Amen. But you, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting the different results. But there's sometimes that God stretches you. That's what happened in our life. God began to stretch us. And I'm saying, I've never been here before. I've never done that before. I, I didn't get saved in Sunday school, folks. I was lost. I was a heathen. I needed Jesus. And, and there ain't nobody talking to some kind of silly little game with me, man. I, I had my own business. I was doing whatever. I had two small kids. And all of a sudden, I got born again. My life was radically changed. I started working in this church. I was cleaning the toilets, and I was mopping the floors and waxing the floor. And people would say, you know, they'd say all kinds of things. And one, one person said one time, what do you think What do you think people would say about you doing that? I said, I don't care what they say. I want to do something for God. Anybody want to do anything for God here? I said, I'll never preach. I'll never do whatever. I'll never do whatever. And then the next thing you know, Brother Randy left. I became the youth pastor. I was the maintenance guy. I was the maintenance director. I kept everything clean. I kept everything going. We was averaging about 500 people on Sunday morning at the time. God was moving. Things were happening. And then all of a sudden, God said, look, I, I want you to go somewhere else. We're going to let you find a church. I said, yeah, okay. So we're leaving from the church. And we average about 500. We're going to a church of about four. It took me six months on line. You see, so the fact is, is that a lot of times people go through the motions of life, and their life is not real, really being changed. And I'm saying that you, God will change you, and He will stretch you. And just like I said before, if we're not careful, we will live below the privileges that's been afforded to us as the children of God, provided through the Lord Jesus Christ. And most people are there, and they're not, you know, and I can tell you what, I'm not interested in going along just to get along. I'm not interested in just having another meeting. If God won't show up where we are, I just do not go. What we felt here, folks, you don't feel this everywhere. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been to a lot of places. You, you know, I mean, a lot of places you go, they don't have altar calls anymore. So I'm not interested in sitting on the front porch or the back porch. I'm not interested in retiring or giving up. I'm only interested in doing what God wants me to do. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, if you want something different, you have to do something different. You have to become dissatisfied with the way things are. When you become dissatisfied with that, you can get in the presence of God. And then God begins to do something. I want to see God move in my life. How about you? Amen. You will find that all of your life will come down to how we act in faith to God's promises. Amen. It's like I said a while ago about the term faith promises. It's how my faith responds to God's promise. It's how my faith responds to God's promise. I mentioned earlier, I said Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. He wouldn't tell us to do that if we didn't do it. He never said, he, you know, he's going to provide for us to do that. He's going to use people like you and me to do that. I hear people all the time, and they were saying, I've been to a lot of different places. And I hear people say, you know, you know, Brother Kimball, I'd like to give, but I just don't have anything to give. I'd like to give, but it's not in my budget to give. I'd like to give in a greater way, but I don't have it. And I said, well, that's good because God's looking for you. 
six, seven years before that came to pass. And, and so the Lord sent us to a church in North Louisiana that was broke, busted, and disgusted. They didn't have nothing but about 13 people, two kids, and everything was broke. Everything was busted. They had, you know, just a few people. The, the, the government was coming to seize the property for noncompliance. It took over two years, nearly two years, to get the thing straight. The building, the property was absolute mess. Eight air conditioners, three of them worked sometimes, five of them never worked. The carpet was ripped from one end to the other. The wallpaper was coming down to different places. The paneling was separated. That's how bad it was. We lived in the log cabin behind the church, and we could lay in bed, and we could see outside. After we put duct tape across the deal there to keep the, keep the bugs out. I'm serious now. The squirrels and the raccoons were running in the attic. We thought it was like an interstate highway or something. It was all night long, man. It was going crazy. And then you ain't never lived till you just laid in bed and looked outside and see all the bugs and all the creatures and the animals were running in the attic. The financial records they gave me was a torn out piece of notebook paper. It was what the spiral notebook and ripped it out. I think they had about $2,500, $1,700 of that was owed. And what money what they did have in the bank was borrowed money. <laughs> it took us three years before we ever unpacked our dishes because we were fixing to get out of there. We didn't know why God was sending us there. God, why are you sending us here? But God kept pressing me about shelter, education, and evangelism. These orphan kids, orphan and abandoned children. And I was thinking to myself, how in the world is this ever going to happen? These people have absolutely nothing. These people have nothing. They, in fact, the people we do have, they're all on the check of the month club. That's Social Security, in case you didn't know that. That's it. Nothing. Yeah. We've been there about seven months. The church had grown exponentially. We had about 35 in the church then. It was really growing. It's a long ways from 12. <laughs> so it was that same year Amber and I said let's, let's go to Peru because we were, we were going back to the mission field and, and, and so I met with one of the regional superintendents there and I began to, to tell them what God had put in our heart back in 1997 he reached in his coat pocket went like this and he pulled out a piece of paper and everything that I told him was on the piece of paper they'd just come out of a regional meeting and they wanted to do something with orphans and housing them and education and all those types of things, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit that was speaking to us, and you could sense the presence of God, we began to cry, I was overwhelmed, and I said, well, if this is the case, I said, this is the case, I've got to meet with the general superintendent of Peru, I'm talking about the jefe, the big guy, the one in charge, some of the guys started laughing, they said, that's never going to happen, I said, oh no, I'll see him before I leave, because this is God. This was on a Thursday, Saturday morning. I'm sitting in the general superintendent's office of Peru. I'm sitting in his office at 8 o'clock in the morning, and so I begin to share with him the same story that I just told you guys. And he said to me, he said, well, Pastor Kimball, he said, is that just for the Tingo Maria area? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it just, it wasn't audible, but I knew the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, just tell him no, it's just not for that area. And so, you ever, you ever argue in your mind with the Holy Spirit? But do you understand? I don't have two nipples thrown together, and you won't be telling him, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> uh, anybody ever been broken, I have anything, and then all of a sudden God began to deal with you. And so, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, but, but I don't have anything. 
so he said, well, and he asked again, is it just for that area? And I said, no, sir, it's not just for that area. I said, whatever God wants me to do, I'll do. Long story short, yes, he said, I walked out of there with four pieces of property worth over $100,000. I didn't have two nickels to rub together, and I'm going back to a church at 35, and I'm asking for money. But the dream was a lie. The dream was a lie. I got back to the States, and I told the church at 35, I said, I need $7,500. I said, but I haven't committed this church to anything. I said, Ever and I will raise some money. I don't know what we'll do. But I said, but if you want, if you want to participate, hear, hear what I'm saying. If you want to participate, you don't have to participate today. If you want to participate, if you want to believe God, you know what? And I said, I'll tell you what I need. I said, I, I, said, I'm, I need $7,500. We just got back. This was October. 35 people. So between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they gave me $9,300, right at $9,300 cash. Then believe me, I said, listen, I said, if you'll sow, if you'll sow into these kids, I believe God will give us kids. They believe me. You understand? They, they trusted me. They believed me. So I sowed that we sold that money into the kingdom. So they gave us that money. Then the church began to grow. It was, it was, because it was on a different level now. People had a vision. They had something they were looking forward to. Something was happening they were participating in. And, and so some of those older folks, they took a faith promise and they promised, you know, they, it's, you know, they'd give like 125 or whatever that faith promise. And, and we'd take testimonies, you know, Pastor Kimball, you know, I, I made a faith promise or whatever. My car broke, but somebody came by and they fixed my car. It didn't cost me nothing. And then we'd stand up and say, well, my refrigerator broke. And then all of a sudden, my son came and brought me a brand new refrigerator. And this happened and that happened. And things began to take place. And people began to get saved. And the church began to grow and things was taking place. I mean, it was something else that was going on. It wasn't a year later, there was a knock at the back door by my office. So here it was, is this businessman in the, in the community. And, and so he was asking me several questions. And he said, hey, he, he said, hey, preacher. And so he said, hey, preacher, how much you guys owe on this church? I said, well, we owe about such and such or whatever. I you know, didn't want to give him any, any information because he was not a member of the church. He, you know how we are. Right? And so he just kept on. And, but what he did not know is that Amber and I had just went to the bank three weeks before that to find out what the payoff was. And I had the piece of paper in my calendar, and I've never found that paper till yet to this day. I'm pretty good when it comes to organization, okay? I've never found that paper until this day, and so here it was. Three weeks before, Amber and I goes to bank, and we're trying to get the payoff because I said, let's pay this thing off, and we're going back to the mission field because we continue working. I said, listen, we're, we're, we're just going, that was our heart. That's where we are. We've been working in, in Peru now for 24 years. I mean, this, this hadn't been yesterday. And so he kept on being persistent. He began to ask, and finally, after a little bit, I, I went to find the paper that I told you about. I couldn't find the paper. And, and I finally said, look, it's X amount of dollars. And he said, you want to go with me? And I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go to the bank to pay this off. I said, you want to go in your car or mine? 
That's what it is. Look, that's where it all starts with a group of 35. Listen, as I said, you see, when your faith, your faith in God's promises intersect, this is what I call an explosion that takes place in the spirit realm. Supernatural things begin to happen. It's like a it's like a train that, that changes tracks and it lowers the flip the switch. I grew up in, in well, of course I was born in Orange, Texas, but the thing is I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house. And behind her house there was a train track, several train tracks, and what they would do. I would watch them. That's when they had a caboose on the train. They don't have any of them anymore. But the guy would get out of the caboose, he'd get out, and he would swap the tracks. He would swap the, move the tracks around where the train would, would change tracks. You understand? It would take place like that. And all of a sudden, he began to do that. And that's the same thing with you and I. Your faith and God's promises run parallel together on the track. Nothing happens to the, till you flip the switch. When you, when you, when you basically say, God, I've got to trust you, it's at that intersection where you meet with God, where you're simply saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do, but you just give me whatever it is and you tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it by faith. At that intersection is where the explosion takes place. That's the connection. It's when God begins to do something. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want to do something for God and you want to see God supernaturally move, then all you got to do is meet him at the intersection and then you become and get on his track and you're not on your track no more. <laughs> We've sent at least $8 million worth of goods to Haiti. People that just, people that work with us, different things. We just bought a, a water world drilling machine for $50,000. It's all paid for. We're fixing to send it over to the Haiti to drill water wells. We've sent several millions of dollars of stuff because of the flooding. And, and Lafayette and Baton Rouge and Denham Springs and all of that. One company gave us over a million dollars worth of furniture that basically was furniture. You could sit in, you could plug your iPhone in, you could rock back and all kinds of stuff in it. My wife said, let's keep one. I said, no, give it away. Give it all away. You guys helped us and you gave us stuff over for, for, for the flood, for the hurricane over in, in Texas. I want to tell you something. Listen, folks. It's amazing. Our section got together. They began to send stuff, and we began to bring stuff in there. Brother Mo and Senator Chantel dropped stuff off. And so here it is. We loaded up. I don't know if we had two or three tra- trailer loads. Was it three trailer loads? Jim was there. Tim and Tommy's with us all the time. So here it is. We're going there. And it's on a Sunday afternoon. We're bringing all this stuff. There's water. There's food. There's cleaning supplies. There's everything that you can imagine. I don't even know how much money it was worth. And so all of a sudden now we pull into the church's parking lot over there. And it's a full gospel Pentecostal church that supports us, been supporting us for a while. And so when we got there, all these cars started pulling up. And so I said, I said to the pastor, I said, did you tell people we're coming? He said, I don't know who these people are. I don't know where these people are coming from. People had seen the trucks because everybody was in a desperate need. And so we pulled them and said, this is, all, this is stuff you guys gave. So we're pulling up on the line. We start on so the people start getting out. And there's 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 people that you that are handicapped people. There's ladies that's going through chemotherapy treatment. There's different things, and they're getting out. And there's people jumping in there and helping us unload the stuff. And these are people. And all of a sudden, now down the church begins becomes a lighthouse already to those people. And he said, "I didn't call anybody. They just started showing up." That's just the way it works, folks. Huh. 
army with something. I don't know how much stuff we sent there. Truckload after truckload after truckload. There was a, in fact, uh, I'm trying to think of the guys in Corpus Christi right now, Stephen at night. You know, Brother Steve, Steve was over there. We sent him a bunch of stuff. And then I had another truck that was going. probably had three dollars $400,000 worth of stuff on it. And so he called me and said, listen, he said, I don't, he said, I don't need any more whatever. He says, if you've got somebody else that you can send it to, we'll send it. So I said, well, I don't know. The truck was already in route. So all of a sudden, I dropped the name in my heart, and I called the guy. He served on the board of a church over in uh, Liberty, Texas. Liberty, Texas. He said, Brother Kimball, he said, we've been here. We've got over a foot and a half of water in the, in the church. Over half of our homes are flooded. People don't have anything. I said, they'll get a truck on their parking lot tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And somebody unloaded, man, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff that showed up on the park. He said, everybody passes up. This is a country church that's out there in the middle of nowhere. But God knew exactly where they were. It's the same way with you and I. We bought the old skating rink in Patterson with no money. We call it our ministry center. It is. We made a ridiculous offer, and, and, you know, and I said, look, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll give you $20,000 down, which I did not have, because they'll buy me a rest at 4.5% of interest. Amen. And they said, okay, we'll do it. They had already turned down like three or four other people that offered more money. But somehow God just wanted us to have it. I was in Peru over there doing pastor's conferences. Tim was over here, and the realtor called me, or actually texted me, and asked me if I would, he said, if I would uh, cut the grass on the property. I said, man, I said, why would I want to cut the grass on property that don't belong to me? They don't think the preacher's loss is ever loving mine, you know? So anyway, I really felt like the Lord wanted us to do that. So I texted Tim. I think it was I texted him. I said, Tim, can you cut that property, the grass on that property over there, but do it incognito. I don't want everybody to think that we've lost our mind. So he went over there, and he's got the property, he done that, and we came back, and, and, we, and when we got back to the States, and the, the grass was up high, it was way up again, I was on my little couple of tractor, and had a, the thing, it was so hot, it was that August, you know what I'm talking about, it was August, not a breeze anywhere, humidity was crazy, the grass was up probably waist high, I'm over there, the tractor's blowing over and everything, and I'm sitting on that tractor, and I'm saying, God, you, you really got you really to talk to me. Anybody ever get to the place where you're saying, God, I really, I really got to have you talk to me? Anybody? So I'm saying, God, I, I need to hear from you on this. If you want us to do this, I'm willing to do it. You know, I, I know the fleshly side of me. I, I'm a pretty aggressive guy. I try to, you know, you know, I, I try to make something happen. Sometimes you can get God's way sometimes, but you can wait too long and miss God too. So I'm sitting on that tractor and I'm saying, God, I really want to hear from you. This was on Thursday, nothing happened. Friday, nothing happened. Saturday, nothing happened. Sunday, I'm over. We're over in, in Houston. We're preaching. Uh, we've preached several times for them, but we just done the prayer meeting before the service. They're getting ready to the service over to me. The pastor's wife was at the pulpit. And she turned to Amber and I, we're sitting over here, we're sitting, and I'm assuming this wife is, or his girlfriend, his wife. <laughs> I'm just picking. <laughs> you can still be his girlfriend, be his wife. <laughs> kind of where they are. 
comes to us and she says, John and Amberson, the Lord spoke to me in prayer meeting this morning. Well, I set up. And this is what he said. The burden you carry is not yours, but it's his. He said, but it's mine, not yours. I said, man, that's, that's all right, man. I, you know, I ain't heard nothing, man. The heavens have been brass. You know, we're talking about all these days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. So she looks like she goes to turn to go away, but she comes back to the pulpit. But he showed me something else, she said. Something like a piece of paper. She said, you know, it's just like something when you when you buy a piece of property. You like a property deed. Ain't nobody knows nothing about this except me and my wife and some of our staff and Jesus. Ain't nobody knows nothing. She's going down the line and she's explaining this property deed, the whole thing. She said, but at the bottom there's a there's a line and it says responsible party and there's no signature. But God wanted me to tell you that he's a responsible party for everything you do. I'm standing up now, brother. I'm up, man. I'm up there. Let me preach. I want up there. Let me preach. I got up there to preach. I told him the story of what happened. And, and so the pastor got to the pulpit, and this is what he said. He said, look, he said, normally I'm even on board about stuff like this. He said, but everybody knows this is God. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make a $25,000 commitment. Wrote me a $10,000 check on the spot, put it in my pocket. Before I left the church, I got two more checks for 1000 another check for $2,500. i am walking out there with $14,500. How does that happen? It all starts when you just start small and do what you can. It doesn't take a lot, but God will stretch it. Okay, I'm walking out of there. I still ain't got enough money. <laughs> I told them people I'm going to get them $20,000. I ain't got $20,000 yet. So all of a sudden, now here it comes. It said, it's Monday, Thursday, the next Thursday comes. Here it is. I'm on that track of the Thursday before. I'm getting to that church on Sunday, and all of a sudden, God begins to speak to me. And that next Thursday, I got a check in the mail for almost $18,000. I said, glory to God. Amen. I said, glory to God. I have enough money to put down on the building over there. And then we started to remodel And from that day to this, we never borrowed another penny. All the money's come in to remodel it. Amen. We don't owe anybody anything but to love them and what we originally owe. And I'm simply saying, God's got a plan for our life. If we'll just follow the plan, amen. And all of a sudden, God begins to do something. God begins to work. Amen. And so now, all of a sudden, we see that God begins to do things supernaturally that we cannot really explain. Amen. And so now, all of a sudden, God wants to do something in your life. Your faith in God's promises run parallel one to another, and nothing happens until you're willing to flip the switch. Amen. If you're willing to flip the switch, I'm telling you, you're going to be on a different track. God's going to do something miraculous. You'll be able to see the miracles take place, and all of a sudden, you can't explain it. I'm telling you, look, we needed, we had the apartments over there, and we needed three air conditioners. We needed two three-ton air conditioners and a one-ton air conditioner. We didn't have none of that, but all of a sudden, we got a phone call. A man in the community said, hey, look, he said, I'll tell you what I've got. He said, I was wondering if y'all wanted He said, I'm fixing to redo the air conditioners at my home. He said, I've got two three-ton air conditioners and a two-ton air conditioner. Can you use those? I said, I sure can. Amen. I said, we'll be there to pick them up. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying one thing after another. Sister Tammy keeps a record of all the stuff that God's doing. People give us stuff all the time. It's the favor of God. Amen. It's the miracle of God. Listen, if you'll just trust God. Amen. You understand? If you'll take a step of faith, you understand that God's promise is there. He's going to meet the need. He's going to make it or make a way for you. And I can tell you 
receive faith promises this morning. And as he's coming, I want to read a verse of scripture. Um, I'll read a verse of scripture. And it says this in Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Let me read that again. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But when you decide to live for God's purposes, whatever it is that you do, you become connected to the eternal. Are you hearing me? If you want to see God do something, then take a step of faith. Believe God for great things. 